Booking.com has released this year in 20, or last year now, in 23, that uh, 65% of travelers would feel better about staying in a particular accommodation if they knew it had a sustainable label, for one. And 80% confirmed that traveling more sustainably is important. These are, you know, okay, they're part of a survey and between, between what you say you'd like to do and what you actually do, uh, there's always a gap. But the, the numbers are so high that you can expect that gap to be not so great. There are very, very many people who are looking to make more sustainable choices. Welcome to Short-Term Rental Solutions, a show for hosts and property managers looking to overcome obstacles, maximize revenue, and optimize their short-term rental business by learning from the innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Short-Term Rental Solutions Show. I'm your host, Christiane Crump, and this week, we're going to be having a conversation and discover, uh, exploring a topic that we really haven't covered yet on this show, and that's sustainability. And a lot of people, as they're working in their short-term rental business and striving to continue to improve and excel, sustainability may be something that is or isn't necessarily on your radar and have kind of come to the top of the list of things that you're going to put your attention to and work towards. I have to take ownership in the sense that that hasn't been one of the first things I've been focusing on in my short-term rental business. So I'm especially thankful to be welcoming Vanessa uh, Souso lage co-founder and CEO of Sistonica to today's show, because I know I need to do better in this realm. And perhaps a few of the rest of you who are listening to the show may feel the same way. So I'm really thankful to have Vanessa here and to be getting educated. So Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. Christian, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And I hope I can provide some insights. Yes, terrific. So, you know, this, this concept of sustainability, it's something that kind of in the back of our heads, we all know is important. So I'm really so thankful for the efforts that you and the Sistonica team are making to bring this to the forefront of, of our industry and the conversations that are happening. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a big mission. <laughs> it is. Uh, it a big is. challenge. <laughs> but, but it's uh, also very rewarding, you know, as an entrepreneur to, to, to now be a mission-driven entrepreneur, really. You know, yeah. big mission to change the world. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So would you just take a minute to um, introduce yourself? I'd tell us a little bit about, you know, the journey that you've had in the short-term rental industry and then how you're here at this place where sustainability is the primary focus and what you're working on. Thanks for the question, Christian. So I've been in the industry, in the short-term rental industry for about 18 years. I started off with a, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so I've been an entrepreneur all this time. And I started off with uh, creating an OTA specifically for short-term rentals. We had at one point uh, 8,000 online bookable listings, which uh, today seems nothing, but back then was quite a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, moved on to create a, a channel manager, uh, which is uh, still active today, called Rentals United. I was a co-founder and marketing director. And as my journey with Rentals United ended, I, I started thinking about my next project. And, and this is where House Estonica was born. 
Uh, Sustonica is basically a short-term rental certification for sustainability. And it kind of the idea came because I've been, I've been living a sustainable lifestyle as much as possible uh, throughout my life because I was lucky enough to go to a boarding school when I was young that taught me how to live a sustainable lifestyle. And, and so throughout my life, I've been teaching others, teaching my friends, teaching my family, you know, how to reduce, reuse, recycle. And then when the time came to find a, a new idea of what to do, I thought, well, uh, we haven't really talked about it, touched on it uh, in the short-term rental industry. So uh, what can we do in terms of sustainability and why don't I combine all the contacts that I have, the knowledge that I have about property management and introduce a standard, you know, that we can follow. So that's how Sotonica was born. After a year and a half of research uh, in the very complex world of sustainability, a very confusing world. But after a year and a half, I'm proud to say that uh, we managed to, to create um, a criteria that managers and owners can follow. And, and this throughout the world. So it's applicable throughout the world. So very proud of that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to be giving our industry kind of a grade, or an, uh, an assessment at this point. I'm curious, based on you know your background and this time and research that you've done, where are we currently here, 2024? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're rapidly advancing, but where where we are is, I mean, for one, you know, we have to give the industry credit. We're inherently much more sustainable than hotels are. Right. Uh, we don't have these massive lawns to, to, to water. We don't have electricity on uh, you know, 24-7. We use homes that otherwise would be empty. So these are all part of you know, the fact that we're way more sustainable than hotels are. And we need to highlight that. But then, obviously, within the homes, 20% of the global CO2 emissions come from our lifestyles. Right? So within the homes, there's lots of work that we can do in terms of, you know, reducing our energy consumption, uh, reducing our water consumption, um, minimizing waste. And in the special case of short-term rental world, also supporting the community. Right? We have this wonderful opportunity, really, to get our guests to support the local community. So these are all aspects of sustainability that basically needed to, need to be uncovered still. And we need to educate the industry very much so. So this is why a standard was important. It was important that, you know, you had a path, an easy path to follow. Now, where we stand, I would say Europe is more advanced. The Nordic countries are way more advanced. The UK is doing good. Uh, in the States, you know, I recently traveled to the VIMA in Orlando. And, you know, I was faced with, you know, two types of, of, of not criticism, but uh, doubts, you know because there seems to be a divide in the States of whether the climate crisis is man-made or not. And, and so if it's not man-made, then why should it be doing something, right? <laughs> so my argument there is, you know, but you do want to pollute less, right? We do want as people uh, and, uh, and as businesses to pollute less. So whether you believe it's man-made or not in the States, it's worse keeping your planet healthy for the future generations, you know, and whatever you can do in order to do that would be great to help. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree with you. 
And, you know, it's interesting to have that perspective, kind of that worldwide view in the sense that you've had a chance to travel different places and, and this is the primary focus. So I appreciate you sharing kind of what your insights are based on kind of that high level view that you take across the world and, and where we can go. I kind of think of it, the topic of whether climate change is man-made or not. If you just kind of back up to what you were saying about just having the desire to pollute less, you know, I make my bed every morning. I do the dishes after dinner every day. And it's just because I feel comfortable in an environment that's clean and tidy, you know? And so even if you just want to make it super, super like fundamental and basic, you know what? I feel better about the community I'm living in and the place that I'm living in when it's well cared for and kept up. So even if it's something as fundamental as that, as a driver for why we choose to do these things that could be classified as sustainability, you know, supporting your local community. Yeah, we can put it that in the bucket of sustainability, but we can also just put it in the bucket of being a good neighbor and a good steward of our local community. So, you know, we can potentially be reframing our efforts of, of quote, quote, sustainability as also just... Mm -hmm. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a responsible host and short-term professional. And so, you know, whatever resonates individually for a particular person as their driver to potentially make some of these changes and look at a few things, you know, good on you. I think that's great, you know? So well said. So well said, Christian. Also, also, you know, the idea of protecting your destination, you know, because we do live most of us from tourism right so we want our destinations to be protected our waterways to be good our our, our beaches to be clean etc so it makes a lot of sense in the tourism industry to take extra care in in what we waste um so yeah but very well said i love it <laughs> yeah it's well so all right now let's talk business the business part of it right we're we're running businesses we need to be profitable we need to make sure that we're you know, that's the bottom line is still important. So why does sustainability matter to that? Why am I going to put the time, manpower and efforts into sustainability? And how is that good business? Okay. So, in, I mean, in the future, you'll probably be forced anyway by regulation, but let's not talk about the future. Let's talk about now. Right. So before we, we deemed travelers that were making conscious choices as the eco-traveler, right? There was this kind of niche that you could maybe approach and get and get some more bookings from it. So this has completely changed and it's a worldwide phenomenon, probably because of all the natural disasters that we've had recently, all the press around climate emergency, et cetera. So there is a worldwide kind of, it's called eco-anxiety, eco you know, uh, what's going to happen to our world and what can I do to make more responsible choices? So as a result from that, Consumers are changing, right? Consumers in general are changing. They are looking to make more responsible choices, even when they travel. And so it's not about addressing a trend, you know, it's about not getting bad reviews. It's about not, not making people feel guilty when they come to your homes, right? Because I can recycle at home. I have, you know, four, four bins, four trash cans. And suddenly I arrive somewhere and there's one trash can and I have to put everything in there. That is making me feel guilty, right? Or there's a very old fridge that's constantly on. 
Or in the bathroom, you give me single-use plastic shampoo and shower gel bottles that I know will end up in, in the trash and 100 years in the landfill. This all makes me feel guilty and is very much prone these days to, to bad reviews. So in terms of satisfying the consumer needs and demands, uh, you know, it's very well worth starting to look at how you do your hospitality in the less uh, consuming, over-consuming way, right? And then, you know, we, can, we also have some stats. So the only company really that has done a large, large survey around this is Booking.com. Booking.com has released this year in 23, or last year now, in 23, that uh, 65% of travelers would feel better about staying in a particular accommodation if they knew it had a sustainable label, for one. And 80% confirmed that traveling more sustainably is important to them. These are, you know, okay, they're part of a survey and between, between what you say you'd like to do and what you actually do, uh, there's always a gap. But the, the numbers are so high that you can expect that gap to be not so great. There are very, very many people who are looking to make more sustainable choices. And so, so yeah, so it's time to kind of see what you can do in this respect. And, and in any case, you know, the bottom line is obviously important to everyone, but it's also attracting the right employees, right? Because employees today, they look at that, they look at what is, uh, what are you doing in, uh, in this respect? It's attracting the younger generation, you know, the Gen Zs, they're very much focused on that. I mean, it's one of their top, top values is what is this company doing in terms of diversity, inclusion, the environment. Um, so, so, you know, attracting the right workforce, attracting the younger generations to come to your, to your holiday homes. And and just getting ready for this is a changing world, you know. We're we we do not we're not gonna have a choice basically anyway soon because of regulation. So Well, and I feel like there's also potentially a way in which we can use our efforts to be sustainable and to be, you know, a responsible steward of our local communities and the the ecosystems that our properties are in. That can be I mean I I hate to say it, but spun from a marketing perspective and help us set ourselves apart and distinguish from others in our community. And like you were just saying, there are travelers who this is something that matters to them. And so if we can speak to them and kind of let the travelers know that this has this is a priority to us and that we're making efforts in this direction it can be one of those reasons that people choose our property and choose to return to our property. Just kind of doubling down on some of those things that you said, they won't feel guilty. They'll feel like they're traveling to a home and an owner or a company that, that cares about their community. And so I definitely think that there is, you know, a marketing potential there that we could be leveraging as hosts and property managers. And we don't even know necessarily how far we can ride that wave, you know? It's potentially... Yeah, absolutely. It's potentially untapped. Uh, I mean, we, we do have to be careful of, of greenwashing there, right? And this is one of the big problems that we're facing today is that many companies wanted to ride on that uh, marketing avenue and, in fact, were lying. 
So uh, you, you and consumers are very clever these days. You know, you can't say, well, you know, I'm doing everything to be sustainable and they will find out if you're lying. So, uh, which is also another aspect of the fact that you should have a certification, you know, it gives you kind of, a, it gives trust into the fact that you're doing uh, something for real, you know. And this is where certifications come in in general. It's that level of trust that you can give consumers. So it's interesting. In preparation for our episode today, I actually made my way over to the Sustanica website. And you guys have this test or this quiz that hosts and property managers can take. And I found it fascinating that it's kind of at a property level. It's not at a company level. It's at a property level. So I specifically took that test through one of my particular properties. And I have to uh, confess to the world here that for you guys, a passing grade is 20%. And I came out <laughs> at 16.75. So there's my slice of humble pie out to the whole world that I have a little bit of work to do in sustainability. But, you know, whereas that could potentially have been discouraging, I found the process of taking that quiz encouraging in the sense that as it was asking me, are you doing this? Are you doing this? I was like, no, I'm not. Why aren't I? Like, that seems like it would be such an easy thing to do, but it literally hadn't ever crossed my mind. So as, as I I'm finished, so happy you said that. I know. As I finished that quiz, <laughs> I was like, okay, 16.75. I've got like, you know, 3.25% of ground I need to cover. How easy is that going to be? So easy for me to bridge that gap in what the minimum standard is by just doing a handful of simple and in many cases, free things to make my property more sustainable and better for my community. But for people who haven't taken this quiz and this test, and we are going to put a link in the show notes to it, I would encourage everybody to, you know, follow that link and check it out. Run your, your, uh, one of your properties through the paces. You'll be surprised, I believe at least. But tell us, Vanessa, what are some of the things that you see are relatively low-hanging fruit? things that people can do to make a difference? Thanks so much for the question. I was really worried when we created the standard first, you know, I was really worried about scaring people off because when you say the word sustainability, you imagine I have to install solar panels, I have to change my heat pump, I have to do structural changes. And no, it's great if you have all these things, but uh, they're also very simple gestures that impact a lot. And so we really worked on uh, trying not to scare people off and showing them that simple things, low-hanging fruit, as you say, are available for them, as you said, without extra cost or a lot of effort. So I give you a few. For one, you could look at, obviously, and I already said this, do not offer the single-use plastic bottle for, for shower gel and shampoo. That's a complete no-no these days. So you want to replace those with, uh, with dispensers. And ideally, what you'd like to have is shampoo and shower gel that are free of microplastics. And microplastics is uh, ruining uh, our oceans, our waterways. And you'd be amazed that most cosmetic products are filled with them. And we how put can, this in, I, in our full place. If you don't mind me asking, how would I even know 
if the products yes. in my bathrooms have microplastics and how can I kind of vet yeah. potential, you know, toiletry products to know, okay, this one has no microplastics. Yeah. Right. I give you, I give you the tip. So there's this one app, which is amazing called Beat the Microbeat. And I, I also I'll send you the link to put in the show notes if you like. And this is uh, this wonderful app that basically you take the shampoo bottle, you scan the ingre ingredients with it, and then it tells you has, doesn't have. And so when I first found out about microplastics, I went to my supermarket and I didn't go to just one. I went to five different supermarkets in order to finally find one shampoo that didn't have uh, microplastic. So it was really hard here in Spain, at least. In Germany, none of them have microplastics. It depends on the country, depends on where you are, obviously. So, but it's, it's a general problem, you know, and there's new regulations coming now that the cosmetic industry has to get rid of microplastics, but it will take a few years. So meanwhile, you know, let's focus on the, these products that, that have been, you know, sinking responsibly and not filling their bottles with that stuff. And so that's one low hanging fruit. Then, you know, follow up, following up on that, uh, green cleaning products. They're very easy to get these days. Most supermarkets will have them. And then I wonder when we say green cream products, we're looking mainly at cleaning products that you leave for the guest. So the ones, you know, the dishwasher, tablets, et cetera, the pack that you leave for, for guests when they arrive, they should be, uh, they should have a label, an eco label. Then another one, super simple, is uh, changing your uh, toilet paper and your, your, paper towels to recycled toilet paper and recycled paper towels. You know, these days they're very good quality and they come from recycled paper and, uh, and they're white. They doesn't have to be brown <laughs> like in the old days. Uh, they don't cost more. So again, another really low hanging fruit. Then um, I know in the States you love using the dryer, uh, which we're not so much in Europe. So the dryer is, you know, very high consumption uh, amenity. And so we encourage owners and managers to leave a drying rack so that guests may use the drying rack uh, instead of the dryer, right? Then another one, which is in certain regions more complicated, in certain um, counties more complicated than others, but there are solutions to it. And that is the most impactful thing that you can do. And usually it takes a phone call and that is switching the energy, the electricity that you get uh, to 100% renewable energy, electricity. And that is usually done with a phone call to your electricity company saying, I want to switch to 100% renewable, what are the conditions? Now, again, depending on the company, the conditions may differ, but, uh, and depending on the country as well, do they produce enough renewable energy, et cetera. Uh, however, we see that the price of renewables is going down uh, steadily. And so there's no reason why you should be paying more. And that is the most impactful thing because at the end of the day, it's our reliance on fossil fuels. That is the reason why we are where we are at today. And we need to stop relying so much on fossil fuels. And if every household in the world would, uh, would go on renewables, we'll, we'll be much, much better off. And, you know, I literally have no idea if I called my local power company what they would say if I said, hey, I would like to, you know, make a switch and whether it's buying credits or whatever, can I switch to 100% renewable energy? I have no idea what that conversation would look like. I wouldn't have even thought 
to pick up the phone and make that call. But now I'm curious. I need to do that. I need to take five minutes and have that conversation. Well, and one of the other things that stood out to me when I was taking this quiz is it asked me stuff like, do I have local art hanging in my property? Mm -hmm. Do I have anything in my digital guide about like where people can find local produce and, and support, you know, local agriculture? I had never even thought of that. So easy, so simple and totally free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and a really low hanging fruit for property managers who manage lots of properties in the same city or region, uh, because it's a one-time job, you know, you update your guidebook with all of this information and, and then it's available for all the properties. But the idea behind this is, you know, our standard is not just looking at the environmental impact. We're also looking at the social impact, um, that we have. And so this is why there's a whole section on the community and, and how we can help the community. And that is, where to shop, local heritage sites so they may remain alive so people visit them. Local artists, as you mentioned, is one of my favorite criteria so that local artists you know, continue to thrive and, and sell their work. The idea being that you put a painting on the wall and you say on the side, this is by this painter and you can contact him this way. Uh, and so that people, you know, as they see the art, uh, may go and, and purchase it from this local artist, etc., etc. There's lots of things that you can do. Alongside, you know, respecting your neighbor, if you're in cities, you know, we look at devices like noise monitoring. This is part of our criteria because you want to respect your neighbor. You also want to, in cities, you want to clearly say, especially if you're in buildings, that this is a short-term rental and with a 24-7 number that neighbors may call if there's a problem. You know, all of this is respecting, you know, yes, we're doing this, but we're doing this with, with the agreement of our neighbors and we... We don't want to disturb, you know, we want to be in tune with, uh, with our local communities. Yes, absolutely. So there's this minimum standard. You got to get at least 20%. So here I am mm-hmm. saying, okay, I've, I've just got a few little things more that I need to tick off. And then going forward, you know, is it like a one and done thing? Or, you know, can I just be like, woo, mm-hmm. I, I passed the test. I'm mm-hmm. good to go. I'm sustainable now. What does that look like? No, so sustainability is, is not something you do, you can do 100% right. So, so there's always ways to improve. So we, we understand that. And so this is why the 20, in order to enter the program. And what we expect from that, and I can already see in you, I've planted a seed, is that as you go through our criteria, you, you, you understand that there's, well, there's other things that I could be doing and I haven't done. And so the first, the first year, um, you get your badge as you have 20% or up. And then next year, in order to renew the badge, you will need to show to us that you have increased on that percentage. So we expect you to every year do something. And then the percentage increase depends on if you today rank 50%, then you only have to increase by 2%. But if you rank 20%, then you have to increase by 4%. So it's a scale. So that's the idea. And today we're on version 2.2 of the standards already. And we will be launching 2.3 so that it's not like you would ever reach 100% because we're always going to be uh, increasing the criteria. We're going to be introducing uh, transport and biodiversity in the next criteria. What are you doing you know, to, in transport? What are you doing for, 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 to recommend ways of transport that are, that are not, not by car, basically, public transport? What, 
what are the availability there, mainly for city apartments, and then biodiversity, what can we do in that respect? So it's always going to be evolving also for us. Um, you know, we, uh, we look, the world is changing and we, we need to keep up with it. And there's more technology that are coming about that can help us. So we want to introduce those ideas and to others. So it's an education platform at the end of the day. You know, the, the badge is like, because people like rewards <laughs> and they also want to use it for their marketing. We understand that, but really at the end of the day, it's a, it's a way of teaching people, you know, this is what you could be doing and this has this type of impact. So what's, what's kind of the big dream? What are you guys hoping to achieve with all of these efforts? <laughs> you know, it's wonderful. Now I wake up in the morning and uh, I feel like I can have a real impact and I will have an answer for my children one day when they say, you know, what, what did you do? You know, when it was still time. Well, this is, this is what I did. <laughs> so, so our idea is to, to change, you know, to touch on the 10 million vacation rentals that there are around the world and to make them consume less. And, but with that, the mission gets much, much bigger because through these 10 million vacation rentals, there are 450 million guests that pass through every year. But we have this wonderful opportunity that if we share in our homes, in our vacation rentals, what we do in terms of sustainability, then we have the power of influence over these guests. Oh, well, I didn't know there is microplastics and shower gels. I didn't know that, you know, recycled toilet paper is white these days, etc. So influencing these guests to kind of do the same thing as we do on their return home, changing their lifestyles. And so this is the much, much, much bigger mission of Systemica is this power of influence uh, that we can have. And it's very special to us in the vacation rental world because in hotels, you know, you can't, you don't copy what hotels do when you go back home impossible right so uh, but in the home environment yes well this is a home and i can do the same at home right so that's the idea well i love that because it feels super feasible like it's realistic to think yeah. and i'm thinking of you know other brands and other companies that have already recognized this influenceability like i'm thinking of minoan who helps with furnishing and sourcing things for our home and one of the ways that they are able to the conversation that they have with their partners, whether it's Pottery Barn, West Sound, whatever these companies are, is, hey, these homes have travelers and these travelers are coming through and getting a chance to live with your products and experience them firsthand. And so by creating environments where people can experience something, it, it decreases that threshold of uncertainty or unfamiliarity and makes it easy for them to potentially choose that product, whether they're furnishing their home or anything else. But similarly, you know, how many people are buying recycled toilet paper? True confessions, not me. But if I change that, right? If I spent a weekend or a week in a home that had recycled toilet paper and I became familiar with a brand that was a recycled paper. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't half bad. Then it definitely has the influence of going home to my shopping experience and being like, wow, I can get this locally too. Yeah. No brainer. Yeah. I'm going to continue that, that journey. Or I didn't even know about microplastics in shampoos. So if I can maybe through my digital guest guide have some verbiage that's like, hey, you might notice that you're using a shampoo or whatever that you've never used before. This is what it is. This is why we have it. This is important to us. And it's just, 
this ed- education, but it's experiential education that can then, you know, have an impact, like you said, hopefully on hundreds of thousands of people as they're experiencing being in, in our homes. Millions, Christian, millions. You know, millions. let's aim high. Let's aim high. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate the things that I've learned. As you know, I've had a chance to meet you and, and dig in a little bit to Sistanaka and what you guys are doing. And, and anybody listening to the show today, really take a minute to internalize and think about kind of this conversation and ask yourself if, if you're willing and ready to get a little curious and get a, get a little educated, click on that link, go find that app, learn a little bit about microplastics and, you know, just see where it goes, just see where it goes. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for joining us on the show today. Thanks for giving us a voice to this very important topic. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, hey, everybody, we hope you enjoyed today's show. And as always, if you haven't had a chance to recently, make sure you're popping over to STR Hub. We're always adding new content and new information. And just kind of dovetail on this, we've recently added to our menu a little bullet on sustainability. And we'll be working on getting information about Sasanica up there so that, you know, not only the listeners of today's show, but others who find themselves on SCR Hub can become aware that this is something that's available in our industry and kind of step up and go on this journey. So thanks again for joining us and be sure to join us next week when we have another conversation with innovators who are designing the solutions that are shaping our industry. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you could spare a moment, please leave the show a quick review. Your review helps us help more hosts and property managers like yourself. By the way, if you're a realtor, lender, bookkeeper, accountant, interior designer, or other professional who specializes in serving the short-term rental industry, we need to get you listed on STR Hub and start spreading the word about your services. So reach out to me via email, christiane at strhub.com. Thanks again for listening and be sure to join me next time to catch my latest conversation with the innovators designing the solutions that are shaping our industry.